Hey everybody, it's Casey Corbin here. I'm here to tell some stories and make you laugh, hopefully. The Hold the Phone Podcast with Tessa. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I know, this is kind of fun, right? It is kind of fun, except I don't really like heights, but this is a really good... Yeah, I feel I was, like that's why I'm sitting with my back towards the the, the window. Really? Yeah. This is yeah. not a good place, huh? Well, no, 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 no. It's fine. We're it's only fine. like nine floor, only floors. Only nine up. floors up. Yeah, like if in my head, if we fell out, technically we'd probably land on somebody's balcony, hopefully, or there would be something to break our fall. Yeah, yes. I dropped my phone the other day and it fell on someone's balcony. Thank God. So it oh. could happen to you too, and you'd be fine. Oh my God! If somebody <laughs> dropped me and I landed on somebody's balcony, first of all, I'd be like, what strength? And then the second of all, I'd be like, what luck. So, and then what precision. Really good job throwing yeah. me off the balcony. All right. Well, it's next- like that girl that threw the chair. She couldn't even make it to the road. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, and I, like your phone didn't even make it to the road. It <laughs> no. landed on somebody else's. What a weak phone. You should right? take it in. Yeah, I should take it in. Yeah. I'm glad, though, it survived. So that's all that matters. So how's it going? It's going pretty good. And uh, you're telling me about your CD? Yeah, I have a CD. And uh, it's called Different Jokes. It's my third, well, technically it's my fourth CD, but only three of them are available right now because um, I don't sell my fourth one anymore. Like, my fourth is my first. Yeah. So I did it in 2003. And it okay, got, so when CDs were actually a thing. Yeah. Because I, as I was just going to say, are they actual CDs or is it like on iTunes? Or? No, it was an actual CD. <laughs> okay. And then I released it later on iTunes. But then I realized, like, because I used to sell it off of stage after shows. Mm-hmm. And so the title of the first album was called Please Take Me Home. And I recorded it in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, at the Parktown Hotel. And, um, and it was a fun CD. But uh, over time... I used some of the jokes on that CD in my special um, that I did with CTV, or I would use those other jokes like in at the Halifax Comedy Festival, or and so then I realized, oh, these other jokes are out of there, are out there, they're on the CD. So why don't I just take the other jokes that aren't out there and redo them? Because like a joke is like a, a plant. It's it, it, once it starts growing, it doesn't start growing. It doesn't stop growing unless you're you're a horrible. Unless uh, you don't know how to take care of yeah, it. Yeah, unless you don't know how to take care of it. <laughs> like people that throw jokes away are like those those jokes have lives. Like oh, like you know like yeah. So keep them living. Yeah, keep them like you know if you're, you're oh that joke's old. I'm done with it. I'm like yeah well. Put it out in the garden and let somebody else just take it away. You know, like it's just. I don't think jokes die. I just think that you need you need to breathe new life into jokes when mm-hmm. before they die, and um, and every joke is like a plant, and jokes grow. So the jokes that are on my first album mm-hmm. that were like a, a premise and a punchline now have become uh, you know they start as bits, they grow to chunks, they become pieces. And and uh, that's the way I look at it. And so a bit that might have been one minute is now four minutes. So you do it two CDs later, and it's still the same joke, but it's the four-minute version rather than the two-minute version. And the way I look at it, it's like you're buying like when you buy a live album of a band that you like, yeah. the the song the live version is always like longer and mm-hmm. better 
So it's like the live version of the previous live version okay. that wasn't ready. Nice. So yeah. you, you pretty much got a box set now almost. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. I got four CDs and two specials. So, um, yeah. The, but they're... So they're all on iTunes. Well, three of them are on iTunes. So uh, Vampires Are Popular, which I from, uh, recorded in uh, 2012. Okay. And then 2014 was Turtle Crossing. And... Uh, it's very current turtle about turtles. Yeah, I want to hear about the turtle crossing. And then, uh, and then the last one was 2018. Uh, different jokes. So those are the three CDs that I have out that are on iTunes and Spotify now. If you don't want to buy them, you can just go. If you're on yeah. Spotify, just yeah. go listen to them there. Okay. Yeah, streams cool. help. Nice. All right. So what was with this turtle crossing? Like, what's the whole deal with that? Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh my God! One time I was on a show. And it was for, like, it was called Ways the Woof. And it was a charity show for, like, uh, animal shelters. Okay. And uh, I never realized it. So you have to work clean. So I'm just doing all my clean jokes. Yeah. But one of my clean jokes is called Turtle Crossing. And it's all about um, turtle crossing signs. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the last bunch of 10, in the last 10 years, you might have noticed if you're driving out in the country. Yeah. You'll just see a sign that has a turtle on it. And it just says turtle crossing. Yeah. And then you look at the picture of the turtle, and the design on the turtle's back is like a tire tread. So, <laughs> you know, that turtle didn't have a good day. No. Showed up for work for the model <laughs> shoot and said, just wait, we'll have someone come and get you. And he tried to cross, you know. Yeah. And then, but I was like, I'm like, I don't understand how, like, deer crossing I get and, and moose crossing I get. But turtle crossing, like I said, a turtle's like darting out in front of cars, just like scaring yeah. the shit out of people. Like <laughs> I thought that was a rock and then it sprouted legs and took off, yeah. you know. So um, so I had all these jokes about, about turtle crossing. And then at one point I was like, you know, if a turtle's in the middle of the road, I'm just going to run it over because those shells are for protection. And, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, if you run into your house with a car, mm-hmm. your house is going to survive. You know, so that's the logic I apply behind it. Okay. And then, um, you know, and then, uh, anyways, but but I never realized the, the booker came up to me after. He's like, what was all that? What was with all the turtle stuff? <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, he's like, this is a corporate fundraiser for animal shelters, and you're out there killing goddamn turtles in your act? <laughs> like, that's worse than saying the F word. I was yeah. like, I didn't even think of it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and then the people from the Peterborough Turtle Hospital no. came up to me, oh and God. they thanked me for bringing awareness to the top. I was like, oh. can you tell him that? Because he's really <laughs> upset. You're like the spokesperson now. Yeah, but then <laughs> she get I, t-shirts made. Yeah, and then I found out. I found out like uh, ten years later when I was doing a gig with another comedian. He's like, "Is it true that you did a, a like a, you killed a bunch of turtles in your act at a t- at a, at a fundraiser for animals?" And yeah. I was like, "Is this a thing? It's a story now. I'm f- I'm I'm comedy folklore in Canada." <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, you're wearing an Ozzy Osbourne shirt. I'm like, yeah. were you wearing that during the show too? They really think that? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> No, I might have. I, I don't even think about stuff like that. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. I saw Ozzy Osbourne last summer. He was, Did you? Yeah. It was very good. It was very. Uh, 
My favorite thing about Ozzy is I heard this story about Ozzy Osbourne when he's on stage. There's a part where he just soaks himself with water. Yeah. And he laughs man- like crazy, like a madman. And it's usually like an hour into the concert. And I hear that is that the reason why that is is because, you know, he's like a... a uh, almost seven, maybe seventy years old, maybe yeah. he's like sixty-eight year old man mm-hmm. that uh, has problems with his bladder, and he can't just leave the concert. So, in the middle of a song during a guitar solo, he'll just pee himself no. on stage. Oh my and god! And then he'll, but he'll take the water and douse himself. Oh so my god! So uh, his whole body's wet. Yeah. But and everybody's cheering, but the whole time he's just pissing himself. Oh my god! And I'm like, that's rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the thing. I'm like, ha, like he he's he's pretty much brain dead at this point. I don't know how, how they do it with him. Like somebody just rolls him out there, and I don't know what they give him. But it's just like they wind him up, and then he goes, and he's really good still. Really. Although he can only do two moves on stage, he does like they grab the mic hunch over. Yeah. And then he does the one like I call barking seal, where he just claps his hand is above his head and tries to tiptoe, <laughs> and those are his like two moves, oh my God. and he just does them repetitively. But the musically, it's still great, and vocally, you know, he's all right. Maybe the guy behind the back that we don't see is extra special too. Yeah, so, maybe. but you know, regardless, it's a good show. Cool. Speaking of moves, obviously you're a big wrestling fan. Yeah. Because yeah. your hat and also your Instagram, I've noticed that you're a big wrestling guy. Yeah, so, I have a yeah. Well, I have a podcast, wrestling podcast. Yeah. 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 So sweet. So, what do you talk about? Like, how much? Like. Obviously, you talk about wrestling, yes. but like, but it's very loose. The wrestling is very loose. Like, okay, it, it can be anything about wrestling because I get people on there that don't know anything about wrestling, and then I was like, well, just as long as it brushes up on wrestling, like you know, like mm-hmm. so. For example, I had Stefan Brogan who plays Snake on Degrassi, okay, and he does not watch wrestling, but I was like, so. Can you tell me, like, at any point when you were going to Degrassi or when you were teaching Degrassi or when you were the principal of Degrassi, did they ever have a wrestling program at their high school? Yeah. And he was like, actually, yes, we did. When I was principal, we had a wrestling program, and it was written into the storyline. I'm like, that's wrestling talk. Keep going. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And then I would would say... um, uh, do you remember when Dwayne fought Joey uh, in the schoolyard, and uh, and I was like, and, and and one guy had AIDS, and the other guy didn't know about it, and there was a big fight. Oh yeah, he's like, yeah, and I'm like, in wrestling, that would be a really good, well-marked match. Like yeah. that would be like, you know, the, the the AIDS on a pole match or something like that. Right. But there's some way you can spin it where it'd be like the winner gets this, the loser gets that. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so we made fun of that. And, um, you know, it's what you get out of people. Because I know, like, my number one episode is with Rory Scovel, and we don't, we barely talk about wrestling. So, um, you know, it's just, but it's wrestling and comedy. So okay. it's, it's like, depends it's, where you take it. Even when if I have wrestlers on, I'm not 100% serious with them. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, like, what, what's your fascination with wrestling? Because I know a lot of people, like, there's some people who are like, don't get it at all, or there's some people who are so into it and love it. So, like, what is the whole fascination behind um, it? I just think it's really fun entertainment. Uh, it's, you know, it's um, it's feats of athleticism and great storytelling. And it's like if you were taking, if you were to take, you know, uh, the pageantry of figure skating mm-hmm. and combine it with the athletic ability of figure skating. And the stories of Shakespeare, 
You would you would <laughs> you would have very close to professional wrestling. Is that really intertwined? There's like some Shakespearean stuff going on. Well, there's on? Shakespeare's there's a lot of betrayal. Yeah, and true. And there's a lot of uh, we're friends, but now I betray you mm. and, and there's a lot of fighting over this and fighting over that. There's always yeah. conflict in Shakespeare and there's always conflict in wrestling. And it's in Shakespeare it seems to be very simple. There's a good guy and there's a bad guy, and it doesn't take much to figure out who's the good person, who's the bad person. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's like that in wrestling. Like somebody's like, oh, I haven't watched wrestling for years. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, it's still good guy versus bad guy. Yeah, so nothing's changed, you know. <laughs> and uh, and that's and that's the great thing. And and I don't like watching UFC that much because I don't like watching people get hurt. It's yeah, it's gruesome. Like, like when you it's see, actual... like when I when I saw Ronda Rousey get knocked out for the first time. Who wants to watch that? No, and I then the oh, trainer coddlers her like, like it's Apollo Creed and Rocky yeah. after Rocky was just killed by the I mean oh Apollo my. was killed by the Russian. Yeah, it's like it's very sad, and I don't like to see people get hurt. And I don't like sports injuries. Yeah, and that's the thing about wrestling is these guys are all trained, somewhat trained, mm-hmm. and uh, they know what they're doing, but. Sometimes you'll be at wrestling and they're not trained as well as they should be, and they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. and it goes wrong, and it's like, ugh. Like I was at a show in L.A. Uh, last November, and David Arquette was wrestling, and he almost died. Oh my god! Yeah, he was trying to do this hardcore match, and he uh, they were using fluorescent light tubes to hit each other with. <laughs> that's funny. No, it's <laughs> not because it's very unhealthy. Because yeah, I the, guess the, so. the dust that's inside yeah. is toxic, mm. and if you breathe it in, it's not healthy for True. you. And if you're wrestling with it, and not only that, so anyways, um, the fluorescent tube punctured his neck, and oh my he God. almost and like he was holding his neck and like, which is really weird because like at one point we made eye contact and I was like, <laughs> you know, like Aww. I don't know what to do, yeah. and he didn't know what to do, and then he just left the ring, and then he came back in and tried to finish the match, and then he got pinned. And he was just, he's just inexperienced as a wrestler and he didn't know what to do. And he stormed out of the ring holding his neck. And I knew he didn't cut his jugular because I've seen that happen in sports. And even if you're holding it, it's yeah. going to splurt all over the place. Right. So he missed his jugular, but he, he was really afraid, but he was still bleeding from his neck. So he gets backstage and there's a wrestler by the name of Jungle Boy. Okay. And uh, Jungle Boy's father was backstage. So Jungle Boy's father took um, David Arquette to the hospital to make sure he was okay because the ambulance was already gone because a guy broke his leg in the match before. Mm -hmm. So um, now you're like, why are you telling me that? I was like, because David Arquette's, uh, the guy that drove him, Jungle Boy's father, (laughs) was none other than Luke Perry. No! (laughs) I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah, so Luke Perry was at this wrestling show that I was at because his son was in the third match. And uh, watching his son and just hanging around, I was like, well, they must be friends. And then somebody's like, of course they are. They were in Buffy the Vampire Slayer together. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they were in Buffy the oh Vampire Slayer God. together. It's all connected. I know. It's so crazy. It I was is like, crazy. I was just happy that I was in the same room as Luke Perry yeah. at one time and I didn't even know it. Oh my God. I was just talking about him yesterday, actually, because they're doing the 90210 reunion. I'm like, oh, he's the only one who's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think Andrea is invited. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry. She's, which no? is weird because she's like in, she's in charge of like the actors union in America yeah. or something like that. So she'll be like, well, I'll screw all you guys. Oh, we know. I saw her in the promo, but. Is she, she's yeah. got to be there. She yeah. can't be like 
Oh yeah, she's, she's like, I'm there, guys. I got to be here. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, and now nobody she cares really, about me, but I'm gonna be there. She's anyways. like back then when everybody thought I was 16, I was really 32. Yeah, but now when everybody thinks I'm 32, yeah, I look. 120 or yeah. something like that. I don't know what she looks like. I haven't seen her, so who knows? Oh my god, that's funny. So, do you have a favorite wrestler then? Yeah, well, it changes all the time, but usually Bret Hart's my favorite. Okay. But I, you know, I loved Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and like all those guys I watched when I was a kid. I was going to ask you about Hulk Hogan, how you feel about him, because when I was a kid, my friend used to have um, this shampoo bottle. It yeah. was like. Like, a Hulk Hogan, just shampoo, a Hulk Hogan bottle. Yeah. shampoo bottle And he used to chase me with it All the time And I used to be like No, no And then I'm like I still remember that to this day But that's why I'm like How do you feel about Hulk Hogan? Oh, I thought it was a question About his recent racism and video That you were well, asking let's but go I was like, for it but, 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 <laughs> but I was like But you're like Your problems with him are like I don't like the shit, you know, but yeah, you're like, you're like, uh, Johnson Johnson, uh, baby shower is no more tears. Hulk Hogan caused me a lot of tears. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I still have this phobia to this day. I'm like, Hulk Hogan, damn. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to today. He's, oh, he's doing fine. Craziness. He's doing fine. He's, uh, he was kicked out of the WWE for three years because he was, you know, he was videoed having a, a he had a sex tape that nobody saw really. Yeah, but I don't think anybody really wanted to see it. I think that was the issue. No, nobody. No? Well, the thing is like, like, okay, like oh, now I'm gonna get in trouble for saying probably some of this, but this is the way I honestly feel, and I've said it on my podcast. And like, look at, uh, the, the, he didn't. He was like in a real depressed time in his life, and I'm not gonna make excuses for him, but. Like, I work with comedians, and I'm from a small town, and I have uncles, and I've heard that word a lot from people that aren't black, and uh, I don't think they're racist people. They just use the word. It, it all depends on how you use the word, and yeah, maybe there was hatred at that moment with the, when he used it in private, mm -hmm. but um, it doesn't... Like that one video doesn't make him doesn't you're using you you don't know the person but you're using one video out of an entire life and you're judging him on that one person. It's not like Cosby; he didn't yeah. say the N word on forty different occasions yeah. and have all these different things. It's one time, and you know, and he was he lost three years of his life because of it, and he never did anything wrong. He you know in America they have freedom of speech. And that's that exists until you say something that they don't like what you say, mm -hmm. and then it turns into a lynch mob, and they decide what your fate is, and that's what happens now with social media and everything like that. So, yeah. um, you know, he did his three years of hard time. Like it's like it's like you know there 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 are examples of Vince McMahon using the word on TV. There are uh, videos of. Vince McMahon's son-in-law and his buddies in blackface doing sketches from the 90s that they still show. Yeah. And I was like, but you're going to well, kick Hulk Hogan out for using the N-word on a video where it was never supposed to be taped or, you know, the, the only, he's the, really a victim in that situation because the way I look at it, he was the one that was taped unknowingly and then the tape was leaked and, well, that's why he won the Gawker case because, you yeah. know, he didn't do anything wrong. He was the victim in that situation. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it just sucks that that, uh, that it, it happened like that because I know people that know him and I talk to him about this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and everybody that I know that knows him says he's not like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, uh, you know, it's not my place to forgive him. But, you know, I've, I just don't think he's what people think he is. Yeah. So, you know, and besides, you know, it's like, I don't know, at one point it's like, 
can you separate the artist from the actual person? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Like, because mm-hmm. I know people try to do that with Bill Cosby, and I'm like, I can't listen to Bill Cosby. Yeah. But mind you, there's a guy named Chris Benoit in wrestling who murdered his wife and child and before killing himself. And he was one of my favorite wrestlers. Oh, damn. And I cannot watch him wrestle to this day. Right. Because when I watched it, I just think, no, you You associate it with that, yeah. You're a murderer. Yeah. So that's way worse than, you know, being racist. Or maybe, I don't know. who I don't know. I should have said that. Take that back. <laughs> Plug that out. I'm like, it's all now, good. Now you're going to have all the people that are like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. So my, all the my favorite murder people come after me because I said murder is not as bad as racism. And they're like, racism it's all is, good. you know, yeah. But you There's must no have a favorite power move. Power move? Power move, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I Like a finishing move. I, there's just so many. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just. No favorites? No just, favorites. Good, just appreciation. Yeah. 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 It's like ballet. It's like, it's like figure skating. I don't have a favorite move in figure skating. <laughs> I guess a triple sal cow, you know, might be good. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. It sounds I'm, impressive. I will look it up. <laughs> I have a question though. How did you get into comedy? Like, how? What? When was the first time you realized, like, you're like, ah, I got to do this? Um, like when I watched, like, I, I just always kind of knew I was funny as a kid. I just knew I was funny, and I was, did funny things as a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, I was also influenced by like every, like my dad brought home um, the when I was very young, like 1982, my dad brought home the uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie record. Oh my God, that's so So then I like listened to that. I was just a little kid listening <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, that's the greatest thing ever. Or, you know, and then one year um, I, somebody got my dad a Cheech and Chong tape and I, my dad has never been in a drug so he didn't listen to it very much but I listened to it and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And so I, I'd, I'd listen to comedy and whenever I could and stuff like that but the game changer was uh, when I saw like Eddie Murphy, Delirious, mm-hmm. probably about grade seven or grade eight and I was like this is just the greatest thing ever and I was like I this is I have to this is what I want to be I want to do that and that was that you know so Eddie Murphy was like and I I knew that by the time I was 14 15 that this is all I wanted to ever do Mm -hmm. was just be a comedian uh, unfortunately, you think you're going to be famous. Yeah. But it's just like no, nobody, nobody said that. Yeah. 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 The fact that I get to sell, so that I do get to play, um, sold out theaters at times, like you mm-hmm. know, and feel like Eddie Murphy on stage. Yeah. That's just as good, though. It is just as good. It's a long road. I hear what you're saying, but it's all yeah. worth it, right? It is all worth it. I'm happy with everything that I've done, and because I'm in Canada, and you can only do so much within the concept of Canada because mm-hmm. there are, you know, Canada is, you know, everybody loves Canada, but, you know, nobody loves Canadian entertainment. You know, the music is different because music is forced upon us mm-hmm. by can by can yeah. con. Right, like, right. You know, it's like, no, no, we're gonna hear forty percent Canadian music whether we like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Which is very fair. Mm-hmm. But it's also very communist. Um, <laughs> but but you know, but I'm grateful for that because you know, because of that we have a, a comedy channel on Sirius Satellite Radio mm-hmm. that plays one hundred percent Canadian entertainment one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So, you know, because I'm not on any of the well right now I'm not on any of the other satellite radio channels on Sirius, but I am on Just for Laughs. Oh, and sweet. that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, it gives my albums airplay without having to leave the country. and But yeah. it exports my albums. You know, so people in, 
through LA or whatever can hear this track if they're listening to Canada right. Laughs. Exactly. Not even Canada Laughs, it's just for Laughs Canada now. Yeah. So it's just so much better now it's just for Laughs because when Canada Laughs it was like, oh, Canada Laughs, whatever. Yeah. But Just for Laughs is such an international brand now. Mm-hmm. They're going to go there regardless and just kind of like clue in 10 jokes like, oh my God, this is Canadian humor. Exactly. That's great. Well, Canadians are the funniest people anyways, really. Let's be well, real. Exactly. <laughs> They exactly. Well, when you, you know, they keep, they always say our, we export comedy, uh-huh. but yet we never treat comedy the way it should be. Like you're not a famous comedian until you leave Canada and then you come back as something accomplished. Yeah. It's very difficult to make it in Canada without going to the States. Like yeah. Brent Bott is pretty much the only person that's done it. As far as uh, leaving Canada and then coming back and well, he never left. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like Jerry D did Last Comic Standing, mm-hmm. and he was down there for a while in L.A., but eventually he came back, and he didn't get Mr. D until after Last Comic Standing. Right. Um, you know, and that's, it, it's great. It's great that Canadians still get that, but we have we have so much Canadian talent, but we're not putting them into anything. Yeah. Like, why doesn't Deborah D. Giovanni have a sitcom in Canada? Right. I don't know. Yeah. They'll like, leave that to Jan Arden. Jan is okay. Like she's <laughs> look at Jan. Jan is like she's a musician, and, yeah. and so when you see you hear her be funny, yeah, yeah, she's funny, but huh. she's funny for a musician. She's not funny right. for a comedian. Well, that's what I'm saying. But the, you're saying like there's so much good talent, like actual comedians. Yeah. So it's like why aren't they getting their own sitcoms in the states? They would be absolutely. Like, yeah, or at least chances. Yeah, you know there's so many like there's you know Letterkenny now is breaking through in the states, mm-hmm. but seven years after it's been up here for Canada. Yeah, exactly. You know, so congratulations to that, and that mm-hmm. will open up more opportunity for more comedians. But you know, like uh, the last time Canada had a show that really showcased comics and put them on the map a little bit mm-hmm. was probably Much Music's video on trial. Right. Which was which used mostly comics because mm-hmm. they're cheap. And uh, <laughs> and got them but got them on like my my roommate wasn't even a comic. He was a garbage man. Uh-huh. And he was on video on trial. Oh, nice. And he was like one of the stars of it. And then eventually he quit his garbage job and focused on doing commercials and nice. yeah and then all of a sudden I'm like how am I second place <laughs> like I moved in here and I was already at this level yeah. and you were a garbage man and yeah. now you know he's a way more successful uh, actor than me <laughs> yeah. so but he's all doing great so mm-hmm. do you have a favorite place to perform oh everywhere um, I like ev- I like everywhere like I do like I love Halifax. I was just in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Halifax is fantastic because I love the city as well as I love the club. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, Calgary because I just love um, the club in Calgary. And I do love the city as well. Um, the Regina, I don't love the city. But the club venue I play in is fantastic, <laughs> and they're great people. So, yeah, they're great people. Yeah. Um, I've never been to Regina, so I have no idea. No, well, like Deadpool says, it's a city that rhymes with fun. But I don't, I try, but I can't figure it out. <laughs> um, so there's, um, where else do I like? I really enjoy, uh, well, Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's fantastic. But I really enjoy Toronto because, um, Toronto has the most diverse audiences anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And in a time where comedy, 
is becoming really diverse. And for some reason, comedy has always been really diverse, but at the same time, they've been a good. They've been doing a good job at promoting or promoting and segregating talent. Mm-hmm. Like the Italian show, here's all Italian people, mm-hmm. and then we have the urban show. It's a bunch of black people, yeah. And then we have the Latino show, yeah. And it's a bunch of Latino people, <laughs> yeah. And then we have the Hispanic show. It's a bunch of more Latino people, yeah. <laughs> you know. And they do uh, they do all these different shows. And when you look at Just for Laughs, this is what they do in Montreal, and it's just like you know. But like, but there's a cry for diversity in comedy because. When you go to most club shows, it's usually three white males, and um, but that's not the white males' fault. There's just the, it's ratios. Yeah, like exactly. The, the most white males, more more white males do comedy than anybody else in yeah. comedy. Do you find that more of a challenge, like in Toronto performing in Toronto because of the diversity, or do you find that works to your advantage? No, like, I, no. Well, they might say like people might say that it works to my advantage because white males used to get everything but now because there is a movement for more diverse shows mm-hmm. um it just means that like i have to compete with all the white males for the white male spots mm. so it's becoming way more tough oh but i see for okay. me for you in but that sense yeah it might be the actual the first time where the field is level because if they're going to book it by diversity, I mean, like, okay, three girls are at six spots. Three girls are going. Three of them are going to be girls, and three mm-hmm. of them are going to be guys. And then two guys will be white, and then maybe one white girl, and then the other three will be, you know, the diversity, right. you know. And then, you know, so to get those two guy spots, all of a sudden it's tougher. But if I was a minority, it would have been that tough to begin with, you know, because it's all about ratios, and it's like, oh, you know, you're you're competing with all the people, like. One time, my roommate, she got the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Uh-huh. Or maybe it was Halifax or one of those ones. Okay. And I thought I was going to get it too. But I didn't get it. And she didn't tell me for two weeks that she got it. That she got it. And I was like, and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? Aww. And she was like, well, I thought you'd be mad because you didn't get it. I was like, well, maybe I'll be upset because I, I didn't get it. But you're, you're a female comic. I, we're never competing against That's each other. That's true, yeah. I'm never going to, okay, we need a female comic. Oh, well, how about Casey Corbin? No, that's not going to work. I'm not at that stage <laughs> of my life yet. Yeah. So, you know, like, that's like in 20 years from now, and yeah. I'm still not working, then maybe the trans thing might be a good move for me. <laughs> because, maybe. You, know, you I never could, know. I could put a Momo on, or like one of those just big long dresses, Yeah. do the same material, <laughs> but just from a woman's perspective. And go. why not? Why not? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, I saw a guy do it on uh, America's Got Talent like three years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was, and he did really well, but he's just like, well, this is me now. So, you know, um, but I'm not saying that I'm going to, but, uh, you know, I'm saying it, options are yeah. options are out there. Yeah, they're out there. But anyway, um, regardless, I think the, 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 the playing field is great. And I think in Toronto, like, you know, where you have a you have a demand for these diversity shows, and some people might not say that maybe I don't belong on them because I'm just an old white old guy, but um, but when I when I go to Absolute and I play in front of these diverse audiences, mm-hmm. um, 100% of the crowd is laughing, and you can see them laughing, and it feels good. And then you look at the comment cards after, and you know you're getting all these good grades on your you know, they marked them out of five, and you're getting all these fours and fives for your show. And, you know, like, one-on-one, I don't know if I can relate to this who, who person or that person. Who grades you? 
Oh, well, they always do comment cards after the shows. Like for the audience does it? Yes. I didn't know that. Like, So what? you're like literally after the show, you're mm. asked to fill out a comment card and you're asked to judge the show. Out wow. of five, out of five, out of five. So, you know. Like per a, comic or per like the it, whole show? It, the whole show. So it'll be like, no, it'll be like per comic. So it's like okay. host, MC, and then it'll be feature act, uh, no, like, or guest act, uh, feature act, and then it'll be headliner. So okay. usually there's four comics on a show and absolute. So then that way, you know, if they hear the shows are bad and they look at the comic cards yeah. and, the, and the numbers are bad, well, now they have a case to not headline you if they didn't want to. Yeah, you know? I didn't know that. I've, so, I've never been to a show where I've had to fill out anything or I've had to grade somebody before. It's, I know. So it's really, yeah. it's really, actually, it's really good feedback when you think about it. But most people are just doing it. So they can get a t- free ticket to come back. Okay. So, yeah. There's you an know, incentive they, there. Yeah. They they draw. They give, they give free tickets out all the time. So yeah. they're always full. Yeah. I wonder if nice. those there's people, though, that are just like dicks about it, you know? They're oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like, and then, like, how can you tell or, but if they like, are being, like, they're well, not like, being like truthful? If, look, at, if I'm getting all fives yeah. and then all of a sudden I get a one. True. I can be like, I know who this person is. <laughs> I've already saw them in the crowd. Yeah. Their arms across the whole show. They're looking around. They're looking at their watch. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I cannot, like, I must have remind you of someone that you did not like in high school because mm-hmm. there's some reason why you don't like me, but 98% of the rest of the crowd does. Yeah. So I, I, the problem's I, not me. I've been to shows where there's like people who get like super offended. And I'm always confused by that because I'm like, why would you come to a comedy show if you're gonna if you're that type of person who's gonna get super offended? Like yeah. I feel like there's some leeway there. You know what you're getting yourself into. So like, does that ever happen to you where of there's course. like you you've heard about it afterwards or you knew that yes. was happening and like how trigger did, words words yeah. trigger people okay. and I've dropped a lot of words out of my set yeah and I've, or or I grew up and I just stopped doing jokes about certain topics right but you know because like. You, the cleaner you work, the more money you're going to work and make in this country. Cause yeah. You can't put filth on TV. Mm-hmm. You can't put filth anywhere, really. And if you want to make money, you clean's the way to be. It's all good. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not here doing a TED talk. Yeah. Like it's all, not, I, none of this is real. And yeah. you know what? I mean, you know what else is entertainment that none of it's real? Wrestling. There you so go. So it's very <laughs> wrestling and comedy are very similar. Yeah. In the way you start, in the way you know, unless you make it to a certain level, you're you know, there are thousands of comedians in Canada that you do not know, and there are thousands of wrestlers in Canada that you also do not know, mm-hmm. and they're all trying to make it, and yeah. there's something in the way of that, and it's called the U.S. border. And we all can't make it there because it costs so much to get your papers to grow to go over there mm-hmm. and work while they can come up at the request of a club or the request of a wrestling booker and just cross the border and work for free. Yeah. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, you know, now we have a, a group called, uh, you know, um, that, that, that's for Canadian comedians. It's a, what, CSAC, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, case, it's pretty much my name. Okay. You know, KSAC or whatever. <laughs> but anyways, it's 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 a it's a group of Canadian comedians that are trying to get, um, you know, it, it make it easier for Canadians to go across the border mm-hmm. because it sucks. Like even when I go across the border, sometimes the, they'll say, "What do you do?" I'm like a comedian. They're like, "Are you working in the states?" I'm like, "No, I'm going down for vacation." Mm-hmm. You know, and then they pull up and see your name on a show that's an open mic. Well, now they're questioning you and, "Are you selling your CDs there? Are you doing this?" Yeah. It's such a hassle, yeah. you know, so, you know, I don't do 
shows in the States because, okay. and it's like, I would like to, I would love to get the papers, but it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even want to go to LA. I just want to play the other side of the lake. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, like, take me to Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, <laughs> Rochester's nice this time of year. Uh-huh. There's less fires. And then you have Syracuse, like just those three cities alone are an extra yeah. four comedy clubs. True. So, you know, True. there's only so many in Canada you can do. Yeah. Do you have any pre-show rituals that you do? Is there, like, anything you do, like, every single time before? Um, well, I usually, um, no, I just like to get ready. Like, I like to have, <laughs> I, like, I know what I'm wearing okay. on, on stage. Do you, Is like, it always the same? Or no, do you, no, no, I have, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like, when I check okay. into a hotel... I take my outfits out for stage okay. and I hang them in the closet in order like Thursday and then Friday and then Saturday. Okay. I like to do that. That's fine. Uh, I like to get ready to music. I like to do a lot of singing. Uh, I like to get baked as well. Okay. Um, not super baked, but like baked enough where I have a Red Bull and then everything's good. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and I just like to get ready for my shows and then I like to go do the show and that's pretty much it, you know? Yes. All right. And the, and the show takes care of itself. So, yeah. Amazing. On um, your YouTube, what is it? On YouTube, uh, at Casey Corbin. I'm just type Casey Corbin into Google and you will find me. I'm like the internet's number one Casey Corbin. Perfect. And I've, there are others, but I've spoken to them and they're not important. You told them stay away. Stay There's down. only one. There's one that even has my middle name as well. Really? And that's really, yeah. What? Yeah, and I told her, oh. you better not. <laughs> I've got a bisexual name, so on paper, you know, I go yeah. both ways. That's but amazing. it's, yeah, but it's just, yeah. Her name is Casey. Uh, my name is Noel, my middle name. Hers mm-hmm. is Noel, but it's spelt the same. Wow. And Corbin. And I was like, that's. What that's are the PS. chances? Well, I don't know. Maybe she's born on Christmas. Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. Because I was born on Halloween and I can't fucking figure oh, okay. it out. <laughs> My parents didn't finish school. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been awesome. Thanks for coming by and thank you. No problem. You're okay. welcome. Cool. Let the good times roll.